Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. My number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. Uh, I'm by myself today, tonight, actually. It's this Saturday evening as I record. Um, after a uh, quite a debilitating uh, nor'easter here in the northeast, <clears throat> snowfall of upwards of two feet uh, in some areas, um, power outages that have now caused shelters to be open. So it's hard to believe that s- spring is later this month, but you know, Mother Nature's final uh, grasp at uh, hitting back at us. So. Um, but that didn't stop the world of sports, uh, specifically um, spring training. Believe it or not, at the end of the year, at the end of this month, um, the season's supposed to start. Spring training has been going on. Right now, nothing that has been um, uh, shocking, or nothing that has been. There's been no injuries, uh, major injuries. There have been just some small injuries, stuff like that, but nothing to where. These uh, free agents um, for the uh, that have needed to be signed, um, you know, they're they're trying to do their uh, like free agent spring training in hopes to stay ready and somebody to sign them. But teams are just kind of passing them by. Um, there have been a couple. Uh, each row goes back to the Mariners. Um, the Texas Rangers take a flyer on uh, Tim Lincecum. Um, the Blue Jays signed Tyler Clippert as a, as a back of the, uh, back of the bullpen guy. Um, uh, not much. I mean, the Yankees signed Adam Lind. There was still, oh, and the, uh, Rays try Carlos Gomez. Uh, they, they signed him. There's just not much going on in terms of these, uh, uh these big name, and not that there are big names left. But, you know, free agents that are still available um, for a lot of these teams are just kind of being passed by, and they're just, they've really just are set in their ways. They're not going to do much. Uh, the Royals signed uh, Mike Moustakis. Um, the, the, the Twins are going to sign Lance Lynn. So uh, I should say that that is some movements um, towards that. But, I mean, there's still just a lot of names available, which is very... Very surprising. Um, I will say, though, to see that uh, the uh, Oakland, Oakland A's released Brandon Moss. Uh, Brandon Moss, I mean, he was their all-star last year, if I remember correctly. Um, or I'm sorry, t- 2014 he was their all-star, but and he has fallen off since then, but still, it's something to be interested about. Um, yeah, I think the biggest signings this offseason were uh, Eric um, Eric Hosmer and not much uh, uh, JD Martinez, but he came down off of his like two hundred and fifty million dollar want. So, um, but yeah, so everything's kind of moving along well in spring training. Nothing, 
you know, the Yankees are going to mash and, uh, <laughs> there's not much, uh, the A's actually I've been, I was taking a look at the A's spring training statistics. They've actually got a couple of, at least spring training wise that are doing pretty well, uh, batting. Let's see if I can pull them up real quick. Um, but just batting over, like one of them's batting over 400. And yes, I know it's spring training statistics, but still that's pretty impressive when you consider, I mean, that's a team that is just, they're going <laughs> to stink until they get, you know, good enough prospects all to come up at the same time. So, which is uh, really interesting. Let me see if I can find that person. Uh, so Marcus uh, Simeon. <clears throat> He's batting 458 right now in 24, uh, 24 at-bats. Um, where's that other one that was really kind of high? I was very surprised at. Uh, nuts, nuts, nuts. They're here somewhere. I know you're here. Where are you? Grr. Oh, Anthony Garcia. He's batting 389 in uh, 18 at-bats. Um, it's just pretty impressive. Uh, in that respect. So, it, you know, it's just kind of spinning the wheels, getting people ready for opening day in the season. And even just, I think, fans overall are just not quite ready as it is. You know, it's the month of March. We've got uh NCAA tournament coming up real soon. I mean, right now, so far, we've uh, Michigan's in and uh, Gonzaga. Uh, who's the other one that I just saw that was in too? Kansas is in as well. So, you know, some names that you already know. Um, but, I mean, UNC Greensboro, they haven't been in a while. Iona College, beating up uh, my Rider University. Uh, Loyola, Loyola College, or uh, Loyola Chicago, Murray State. South Dakota State. Um, Bucknell, Wright State. College of Ch Charleston. Uh, Long Island University, Brooklyn. So, some uh, some well known, some other not so well known, uh, and that's going to come up soon. And actually, um, I'll announce it now. I'll put it up on my Twitter, uh, on the show's Twitter, I should say. The um, the Everyman Sports NCAA tournament brackets will be available to fill out. Uh, a prize will be rewarded to those who come in first. I'll explain more about it on the Twitter and in a uh, future episode, which I'm also excited we're going to be having an old guest come on, hopefully a little bit more frequently than they have come on, and I'm very, very excited about that. I'll just put out this little tidbit. It has something to do with uh, daylight savings time. That's all I'm going to say. Leave that as a little podcast tease for you. Uh, speaking of the NCAA, uh, NCAA men's basketball, this uh, corruption scandal has been really ticking up since the last time we spoke. You know, I had mentioned uh, on the last episode, which is a couple weeks ago at this point, that, you know, to be surprised that a college athletic, um, college athletics would dip themselves into any sort of Ill illicit and illegal behavior is just not surprising at this point, but... To see how deep it went with um, the basketball. I mean, Arizona, uh, we had mentioned last time Arizona, Auburn, 
Louisville, Miami, Oklahoma State, Alabama, USC. They they got hit sort of at first, and then all these other ones started to come in. Um, Arizona to the point where they had uh, Sean Miller, <clears throat> their head coach, has just been thrown under the bus, uh, rightfully so, but that he's taken the biggest hit of this. You know, he was going to... He's going to play, or he's going to pay um, DeAndre Ayton $100,000 to facilitate his commitment to uh, um, Arizona. Um, NC State, Seton Hall, LSU, Maryland, Kentucky. Again, just a lot of these are not surprising. Not even just the school, but that it happened. So I can't be shocked when I see Washington or Utah or Xavier or Kansas even. I mean, Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, it's a, it's a cult on its own. W- Wichita State, Michigan State, um, just all of these. And that it's also now players in the NBA are also part of this too. Uh, I forget which, I forget the name of one, but like just that it's, it's expanding beyond. And I'm glad, and, but at the same time you see all these former coaches and former people in um, the uh, college men's basketball, like coming up with their own ideas, like, no, maybe we, we should pay them. Well, let's not pay them. Let's let's do this. Let's change that. And the only thing that I'm really seeing that I think, while w- would help stop the college basketball stuff, uh, the corruption happening, but it would have l- worse implications later, is that the NBA is talking about re, uh, dropping um, the one-and-done rule and going back to high schoolers can be drafted, which on the one hand would uh, hurt the recruiting classes of these colleges because you know the big-name stars, they're just going straight up to the NBA, so whoever's left you're going to get and you're not necessarily going to pay uh, – a hundred thousand dollars to somebody who was uh you know a three-star recruit out of uh, a high school but at the same time the reason why they implemented the nba implemented the one in the the one the minimum one year of college was just because you saw so many high school players who were sold a bill of goods and told you are a definite first rounder you are a, a late first rounder early second rounder and they get an agent, which forfeits their um, amateur status. They can't then, you know, go to college. They can't uh, then play college basketball. And then they're, they're left in the, they're left in the, in the dark. They don't know what to do then. And then you see them going over to, you know, Lithuania, uh, with playing with the balls, uh, Lamello and Leangelo. Um, you know, or they go overseas, which on the one hand, it could work because, I mean, their style of basketball is a very strong one. Uh, and quite frankly, if you, depending on who you talk to, European basketball is actually better for some of these players than, uh, U.S. college basketball. Um, but, but again, then, then you're flooding this market of, of players who need teams and there's only so many roster spots in these European leagues. And then they go to a place that's not exactly uh, what they're used to. Um, 
they they have trouble adapting to the lifestyle in a foreign country, whether it's the language barrier, whether it's the um, economic barrier, just any anything that can make it difficult for them. They want to leave, come back, and then they're back here in the U.S. And it's it's happened before. It can happen again. So on the one hand, if you want this corruption to stop, A, it, you're living in a fantasy world. It's never going to stop. Not so long as there are booster programs. Not as long as there are people in Kansas and people in Alabama and not just basketball, in hockey and, of course, in football where the college team is their professional team quite honestly when you go to schools like this or when you're when you associate yourself as an alumni or just as a fan of Kentucky of wherever that you view that as your your main professional team it's money's always going to be flowing in illicitly and illegally and not just money so on the one hand while you while you kind of curtail that, you then are putting a lot of pressure on young high schoolers who have these big decisions and are told that they're better and and have these, quite frankly, in certain cases, delusions of grandeur. They get an agent, they don't get drafted, they don't get in the D-League, and they have nowhere else to go. So, pick your poison, because there's no, there's no right or wrong way. And so that's what that's all about. Um, moving over to the NFL. So technically, well, I'm actually going to go back to my favorite off-season uh, activity in the NFL, which is the NFL Olympics, the NFL Combine. I love the Combine um, because it's everything you love about the the track and field events put on by NFL players. Uh, they used to do it when they would, even when it was the NFL players, they would have in the offseason the quarterback club. This was like mid to early 90s, like Dan Marino and Steve Young, you know, somewhere in Florida or Hawaii, not associated with the Pro Bowl, you know, throwing chalked footballs, you know, where they dip the tip of the football in chalk, and then they have to throw it at a target, moving targets and, and far targets and all that stuff. And then they would have off seasons for, you know, like, just fastest man in the NFL. Just fast. Who's the fastest man in the NFL? Darrell Green would, would win that constantly, year in and year out. So he was. Uh, so I mean, that was that was very enjoyable. And so now that ever since they started filming the combine, that's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed that, and they've been doing a, a really good job with that. Uh, uh, I, I apologize. Um, Barkley, the running back out of Penn State, I think was the biggest winner to the point where now he's being talked about as the Browns' possible number one pick, which is quite quite amazing to think that um, you know we were just talking about how all season, boy, they need another quarterback or, or just left and right, like quarterback, 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 and now running back maybe. I mean, he's he's Barkley's really really good, um, but I. And they've got a pretty good line, and you know it could work for them, <clears throat> especially with some of the off-season moves they make. They've made, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, and oh, uh, Griffin, Shaq Griffin, the brother of uh, his twin, the um, mm, what was it? Excuse me, 
Um, the brother of a uh, Seattle Seahawk, uh, also named Griffin. Well, that's his last name. I think it's like, but like one's Sha- Shaquille and one is I forget. My apologies. So in any case, they um, he was born um, with a um, deformed left hand that he actually had to have amputated when he was very young, and he did an incredible job. Uh, Quite honestly. Um, who is that? Ross? I thought that was last year. Sorry about my apologies. No, that's John Ross. I'm looking at information from last year's combine. So please excuse me. So, uh, yeah, he ran a, a, a really, really good dash. I think it was like four, what was it? Four, 4.38, which is uh, quite awesome. See if I can put him. Yeah, Shaquem Griffin. My apologies, Shaquem Griffin, four point three eight, which was actually faster than uh, Saquon Barkley at a f- uh, four forty. He also um, Shaquem Griffin was really good at the broad jump too. Uh, Griffin uh, Barkley did really well at the bench press. Uh, Nelson, the um, uh, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, was really good too. So. It was really fun to see. I always enjoy those. I, I know that some people say it's kind of like a meat market and you know, you're putting them on, you know, display, but it, it's also you kinda get a feel for some of these guys. You know, Lamar Jackson, you really saw that, you know, he never played under center in college. And so when he's doing a, a five to seven step drop, he, he just looks so uncomfortable. The ball sails on him when he's throwing it. Um, some of these wide receivers, you see how they catch balls in stride, how high they jump, how good they are with their hands, how their turning radius is. So it, it, it's really it's really good to see, and it kind of gives the layman fan, somebody like myself, a chance to see what they're all about. Uh, speaking of moves in the NFL, um, some interesting transactions, specifically going back to the Browns. So they've started to really uh, move on this draft. And specifically get some um, NFL help, not even waiting for the draft. So they traded um, a third-round selection to Buffalo in exchange for Tyrod Taylor. So they're bringing another quarterback in, which kind of makes you think that they're going to have a quarterback competition with Tyrod Taylor and Deshaun uh, Kaiser. He, He was drafted last year. And maybe they might be might be taken Barkley. Uh, they also got Jarvis Landry from Miami for a fourth rounder. Um, and and Landry has not been performing well in Miami, uh, specifically under Tannehill, um, but really not under Cutler. So maybe a change of scenery might help him as well. Um, just, yes, yeah, so, some big moves that I think really uh, might help them. Um, they also got wide receiver Sammy Coates from, uh, Pittsburgh. They're doing a lot of moves. Um, and that makes me kind of agree with, with what's being talked about that they're not going to take a quarterback at number one or, and they've said that they're, they'd be willing to trade the number one pick. So that makes me think they're not going to take a quarterback that they'll probably take the running back, Barkley. 
but not necessarily at number one. So maybe they might take, you know, they're hoping that somebody like the Giants or the Colts, and don't forget the Browns still have the number four pick. So they can even get out of the number one spot, trade down a little further, and still have somebody at four. So if Barkley, because they know the Giants and the Colts basically need a quarterback. And Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield all performed really well at the Combine. And so those guys will be taken very, very early. And also, uh, so they can drop down and not worry if somebody else, even if somebody comes in um, who also needs a quarterback higher in the draft, somebody like, let's say, let's say like the Patriots, um, or or somebody else like Buffalo, now that Buffalo's minus Tyrod Taylor, you know, maybe they're going to try and sneak up to number one, take somebody like Allen or Rosen. Like other ones that they know aren't going to take Barkley, and they can take Barkley at number four and pay him what they think. See, the thing with with Barkley, he's a Penn State running back, and if you're a Jet fan like myself, um, uh, Blair Thomas is like a poison name. But they've had so many failed uh, Penn State running backs come out in the draft. Um uh, in the history, uh, it, it's been a long time to the point where people would just not, um, <laughs> not, uh, take, uh, running backs from Penn state. Um, the closest I think was Eric McCoo. Uh, and even then, yeah. So like for instance, uh, no, not Cedric Benson. I'm sorry. I was looking up a couple of guys who were yeah, so it, just he would. I'd like to see Barkley perform and do well, um, but I don't know. Oh, Kajana Carter. Kajana Carter was a terrible. It was a huge bust. There's a, a Penn State running back, Blair Thomas, of course, as I just mentioned. <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me. So, yeah, yeah, Penn State running backs, be careful. Um, another thing that's really going to affect the draft is how um, the free agent market is working right now, specifically for Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins, depending on who you listen to, if it's Adam Scheffner, it's four teams, but Cousins has pretty much said, no, no, all the teams are still on the table, but I'm kind of feeling more like um, Scheffner's got got the right idea that there's four teams left in the running. Arizona, the Jets, uh, the Broncos, and the Vikings. So the Jets have the number six pick, and also the Broncos have the number five pick. So two teams there who are waiting on what Kirk Cousins does. Um, As a Jet fan, I'm very happy to hear that Cousins is still considering them. And quite frankly, with it, it depends how soon he wants to win. If he wants to win right now, and you know has no problem, you know taking some terrible years in the future then something like Denver and Minnesota might be a good place for him to go because they are win-now. Broncos won Super Bowl only two years ago, uh, almost three at this point. But the the defense is kind of on its last legs. Like he could get one or two, maybe, maybe, maybe at the most three seasons before it's kind of a rebuilding process. The Vikings, um, their defense is strong. They've got a really good running back in um, Cook, 
um, good wide receivers. But at the same time, that's a division where you have to deal with a healthy Aaron Rodgers two times a year. And the Lions seem to be coming back on. And it's just a matter of time before the Bears um, get right with the world. So, I mean, if he goes, if Cousins goes to the Vikings, there's not even a guarantee he'll be the best quarterback. He's not going to be the best quarterback in that division. He'll be lucky if he's the second best with Stafford there too. But he might not even win any division titles while Rodgers is still there. So if he goes to somebody like Arizona or, or the Jets... I mean, it might take a season or two, but once you've got a quarterback, these teams just fall right into place most of the time. Arizona's got a good defense. They're going to have a new head coach. They're going to build their way up. I think that they've, and the way the NFC West is starting to turn over, I could see that, and other people could see that. The Cardinals might be the next one up to the top of the division there. And the Jets, I, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, not only as a Jet fan, but the fact of how much longer can Brady do it? Um, just waiting there because as soon as Brady's done, unless they find their heir apparent this season or next season, there's going to be a, a major drop-off because once Brady's gone, if Belichick doesn't have his guy, he's going to be gone too. Josh McDaniels would be there, and he'll probably stink up the joint and make the hu- make a huge mistake. And then just... Uh, it's Buffalo and Miami. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been keeping track of this division for 30 years. I know exactly what happens, and I it, it's it's just a dogfight at the bottom. Who's the worst? And then at some point, one of the three, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills, just raise their hand one season, r- shoot up to the top, and then fall right back down. But Cousins can give that sort of continuity that teams need. I mean, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback free agent since Drew Brees and at this point that was 10 years ago so and we saw how Drew Brees turned around the New Orleans Saints so if Cousins goes to the Jets that could really help them but that needs to be decided before the draft and he has said he will make his decision before the draft so then that will then change up so if Cousins goes to the Broncos the Broncos don't have to worry about Baker Mayfield falling to them. Same thing with the Jets. If they get Cousins, they don't have to worry about Josh Rosen or Josh Allen coming that far down, even Lamar Jackson. You know, then they can start trading. You know, and quite honestly, the Broncos and the Jets, if they sign Cousins, it's very likely they're going to trade those picks. I wouldn't be surprised, especially the Jets. They might trade those picks for further back in the draft where they can get a lot more quantity than necessarily quality, especially since the Jets got rid of um, Muhammad Wilkerson. They cut him. Although Wilkerson's mother did not like that. She actually called into uh, WFAN and uh, threatened to sue a Jets beat writer basically for slander. Because, I mean, look, Wilkerson's very, very talented, but, I mean, he would constantly miss team meetings and be late for them. And he just necessarily didn't have a good attitude. I mean, he was one of the ones, and so many of them gave up on Todd Bowles, not this past season, but the previous season, to the point where I and so many others thought he should have been, should have been, not was going to be, should have been fired. They didn't. He turned out a really good season this year. That doesn't absolve him of 
of the previous year's problem. But now, if you're telling me that it's not the coach, that's the players, all right, the players are starting to go. And Wilkerson's one of those. But as a Jet fan, I don't want to see the Jets draft another defensive player in the first round. To the point where so many, and, and I'm not just speaking for myself, but so many other Jet fans that I've talked to, will scream. And this wouldn't be the first time. I screamed last year. I screamed last year when they took a defensive player. The previous year, I almost did. But last year, I said, if they do it, and they did, and I yelped very loudly, as people in my house can uh, can attest to. And it will happen again if I have to hear his na- if I have to hear a defensive player name. I don't. I, I, as great as uh, Shaquille Griffin was in the <laughs> in in the draft in the, the combine, if if he goes at number six. I'm going to have no vocal cords, and that's not going to be a good thing. So so it'll be interesting to see that the draft is coming up very soon, uh, late April, or at the end of April, uh, 26th to 28th. It's going to be in uh, um, at uh, the Jerry Jones Palace, uh, the AT&T Stadium. So I'll be there, so that'll be good. Um, other moves in the NFL uh, that were interesting, the um, Richard Sermon uh, was cut by the Seahawks. Um, you had kind of heard rumblings of this the last couple of weeks. Um, basically have, so he tore his Achilles and they, they cut him based on his physical, but quite honestly, I mean, with Richard, with, uh, Russell Wilson getting paid a lot more. And I mean, Earl Thomas was talking about after he got injured last season about him retiring uh, and Richard Sherman's Achilles was torn, and there's there's a turnover. That window closed uh, as soon as as soon as Daryl Bevel decided not to hand the ball off uh, to um, to Marshawn Lynch. That that window was closed for the Seahawks to repeat to even make another Super Bowl, and they and they haven't since. And so now now you're going to see these big names starting to fall off there, and and Richard Sherman's a big one. But now he's been Looking like he's going to sign with the rival 49ers. Don't forget, he also went to Stanford. So he's he's big in that area. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think he might even be from the California area. Let me double check real quick. Um, Compton, so he's from Compton. Um, so he's a California guy. I'm sure he'd want to return there and to go back to your... College stomping grounds, that's a that's a big deal. Um, uh, the Giants are asking uh, uh, Dominic Rogers-Cromartie to take a pay cut because he was terrible like anybody, everybody else on that team was. I don't know if he'll do that, but we'll see. Um, speaking of Mohamed Wilkinson, he, he might sign with the, the Redskins. Um, so, yeah. So Oh, my goodness. Oh, I did not see this. My apologies. So, remember I was talking about the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Kaiser, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you can forget Deshaun Kaiser uh, now that I see that. So he was traded. <laughs> he was traded to the Packers uh, for a quarterback, uh, cornerback, Demarius Randall. Um, so now Kaiser goes from starting quarterback to maybe backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers, depending on what Brett Hundley wants to is going to how well he's going to do. Uh, after a disastrous year filling in for Rodgers. So they might be high on, on him. I don't know. Um, 
so yeah, so a lot of moves going on. Um, oh, where's the other one? DeMarco Murray's a free agent now. He was let go by the Titans. Um, Martellus Bennett, the tight end, was cut by the Patriots. <clears throat> yeah, actually, Titans made a, made several moves, cutting Matt Castle, their backup quarterback, Eric Weems, their pretty good wide receiver. Um, Alden Smith, who's just had a lot of problems, was cut by the Raiders. Um, and, uh, oh, who's the one who got traded to the Rams? Oh, who's that big? Mm. Now, I'm, now I'm forgetting. Cornerback to the Rams got traded. Oh, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters got traded to the Rams. Um, which is a, a big deal that they gave up on him. That was it. Like, so the Rams got a key to Lieb. And they've got uh, Marcus Peters. If I'm, see, now I want to make sure that I'm saying this right. Yep. So the Rams now have Marcus Peters and Aki Talib, which is, that's a crazy, crazy defensive backfield for the Rams. So the MC West, the Rams are, are now staking their claim to number one. The 49ers are up and coming. Seattle's on the way down. This is what I'm talking about with the Cardinals, if Cousins want to go there. If he wants to go there, it's going to be a fight at the top because Jimmy Garoppolo's there for the 49ers, and he has yet to lose an NFL game. And, uh, I mean, that could be a three-way battle at the top with the Rams for several years for the 49ers, which I think is their rebirth now. So if he wants to go to the NFC West, you know, he's going to have to contend with with those two teams, does uh, Kirk Cousins in Arizona. So we'll have to see about that. Um, that about does it for the, oh, the Olympics. Uh, want to wrap up real quick with the Olympics. Um, Norway's really good at the Olympics. I don't think there's anybody who can say otherwise about that. Um, uh, the U.S. underperformed um, at the Olympics. Um, but I mean, you saw Germany, uh, Germany did a great job, um, China, of course, because, uh, and it's really, it really is those, the years where you, the, the host countries always have that uptick because if you're the host country, then you get, excuse me, then you get, you have to have a com- uh, an athlete in every event. So when they're there um, and you're hosting, you're you basically up your game in terms of how good you um, how good you you get at some of those. Uh, what do you might call, um, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> that you improve in some of the, these events just by being in it, and you see what's necessary. You see who what the best do. So some like you know. Uh, snowboarding if you're south korean maybe you uh you know i we need to improve here okay what do they do and then you you really put a lot of money in towards that training and you see what they do so to see china ever since they got the olympics um in the summer games they've really put a lot uh into um into their athletes 
and it shows because they did very well in the metal count too. Um, let's see if I can. Where's that metal count? So China was 16th, but still they had a lot of athletes in it. Norway 39, Germany 31, as I mentioned, Canada 29. The U.S. came in fourth, 23. Um, but the U.S. won women's cross country. Uh, I think a two-person cross country, which was first time ever, which was quite quite amazing. That was a really exciting one. Um, but South Korea, you know, in seventh place in the medal count, which was which was really big. Um, Russia, although, I'm sorry, the Olympic athletes from Russia came in thirteenth with seventeen medals, which is a really good showing, and especially because they were still athletes who were. Uh, being caught cheating with doping, but um, you know Russia won in in men's hockey, and the U.S. won in women's hockey for the first time since 1998, so 20 years ago. And um, every final for the women's uh, hockey has been the U.S. and Canada, and the U.S. finally overcame Canada, first time in a long time. But the U.S. really underperformed in you know things like figure skating. I mean that's that's something that everybody, um, you know, we always have com- you know we, we always have good competition there, but we send good competition, but just it didn't work out well for them. Um, so, so it was a little disappointing on the U.S. side, but quite frankly, when it comes to the Olympics, the U.S. has a lot more to worry about than medal count, especially with the um, women's gymnastics. So it would be interesting to see in two years from now. Uh, when it goes to when it goes to Tokyo, how that's going to work out? But that's that's a story for another day. Okay, I would like to uh, thank everybody for listening to me ramble today. Thank you very much. But as I said, very soon another special guest will be coming back on um, via uh, phone um, due to daylight savings. So we'll talk about more of that more on a future episode and yes the everyman sports bracket challenge will be available uh follow my twitter um and i'll have some more news and rules about that as well to join so thank you very much enjoy the cold weather become warm weather and i'll see you later andrew take it away this has been another episode of everyman sports the show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.